Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What a load of football, everybody. Liverpool batter Manchester United 5-0 in a weekend. So good, the Viddy printer exploded. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Monday, 25th of October. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Andy Russell. We've got 27 goals to get through in this <laughs> podcast, so I don't think we should. I think we should cut the small talk and just get straight into it. Yeah, just Let's go for Russell it. for an hour. Yes, go. See, make sure you make a little pause for the break, and then come back. Are you calling me a verbal vidi printer? <laughs> Is that what's happening? A little bit, actually. You know, that's, oh, that's a game nice. we should do. <laughs> The test earlier, like he was on about, oh yeah, I saw the Lazio game yeah. or whatever. Like, who was the second goal scorer? Go, we could do yeah. that for a whole hour. The annoying thing is that he knew it. Yeah, it he was annoying actually. Yeah, he didn't know it. It's actually a bit of a letdown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like um, Oregon Solskjaer after the after the United game was on about when it got to four nil, you'd have to score a goal every fifteen minutes in order to not be beaten. Mm. I was just like, bloody that hell. Was three is that was 3-0, wasn't it? Yeah, that isn't that... otherwise. Is, well, I guess he'd have to score four goals, blah, 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 blah. He was doing maths. Yeah. That's the extent of the analysis. Well, I think that's probably... I mean, <laughs> I can see why the players are bored, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, but, exactly. But, um, what, what, what a game that was on Sunday, wasn't it, Andy? Remarkable. Mm. Yet not that remarkable. Quite. Because it's, it's been coming. I, I love the way that every major club has their epiphany moment their coming out party do you really think that's what this is yeah I think it is because I think where Manchester United Barcelona had it with their 8-2 to Bayern Munich in the Champions League the moment where everyone else in the world who doesn't watch all their games goes oh yeah they really are that bad yeah you know you need that I think to sort of get some sort of empathy from the from the rest of the world, I think it's probably quite useful to Manchester United fans and uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer naysayers equally. Yes, it was final score: Manchester United nil, Liverpool five. Uh, to be honest, a couple of Liverpool fans I I spoke to were hungry for a lot more. I don't know how about you, <laughs> what you felt like watching that. Yeah. In the 80th minute, when Mane didn't pass, there was it Curtis Jones. I yeah. Was like, guys, he went mad, the, didn't he? Kill these guys, like you know, five nil, all right, but seven nil. There's a talking point, especially as you. I mean. You could see a situation where City, Liverpool and Chelsea go close this year 
and it might come yeah. down to a goal difference situation. You've Klopp and Liverpool, and on this occasion, had to balance that with, you know, I saw some other pundits and listened to some stuff on the way in this morning saying that you know they felt like Liverpool kind of took their foot off the gas after 50 minutes because there's a lot of football to be played probably, yeah, and they want to manage their load. So it's a balance between is to be struck between that. I I thought that um, it's not going to be a surprise to anyone listening <laughs> to hear this. I I thought that you know United were arguably worse than I thought they were going to be. And if you listen to the Friday show, you all know how bad I thought they were going to be. Yeah. I, I thought it was a, actually a performance of astonishing ineptitude at that level. It's very, very difficult. To the point of where I watched it um, around my uh, with my family. We, we were, I was with my family for the weekend and, and about 70% of them don't even really like football or yeah. watch it. But we put it on because it was going to be a big game and my brother-in-law's a Liverpool fan. And the people who, who are present who don't even like football could instantly spot how bad United were. Wow. And, 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 and I mean, Marcus will be pleased um, because they got, United were able to pick up seven yellows and a red. So it looked yes! like, <laughs> like, like, ostensibly like they were trying to kind of get amongst it. But really what that tells you the story of is, is one of frustration mixed with desperation, really. But, but the whole story of United under Solskjaer is, is, is muscle memory of elite players, isn't it? Huh. There's, there's no plan. There's no organisation. And I'm sorry, I refuse to believe that there ever really has been. Mm. And what I, what I think it was, it was just a huge morale lift after Mourinho. I mean, I watched them quite a lot live in that first season, and that well, that first half season mm. after he'd taken over from Mourinho. They were never impressive. Yeah, you know that they they made the game count at the right moments. I don't really feel that much has changed. We've just come to that logical conclusion, and I think that the squad is a little bit more unbalanced and it's a little bit less capable of doing defensive stuff correctly now. But the the, the level of disorganisation there... Oh, it's just unbelievable. I mean, there, yeah, there, there, there wasn't even that muscle Maguire memory. ran into Luke Shaw. For, was that I the think, second goal? Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I think before you even get to that, Kate, the first goal, if you were just to like pause it as Kate is about to put it in, mm. like if, if you've played football at any level, any level, even if it was in your like, like the field outside your school, you would be. What are the defensive team doing? Yeah, it's it's, it's hideous. We talked about <laughs> with a risk of repeating yeah. ourselves, which in some ways, you know, Vish was on the was it the Thursday show after the Atalanta game, and I think he was a bit the more happy about the fact that they managed to get the win there because that first half performance was just absolutely dire, and we didn't. I don't think we laid into it enough because he was like excited about the second mm. half and blah 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 blah. And fair enough, you know, they sneaked a win. Cristiano I, I Ronaldo. Quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That was on Friday though. Cristiano Ronaldo um gets the winner, everyone's happy. The yeah, the sort of goal scoring mascot of Manchester United put it yeah. in the net here. Well, that's basically uh, what he is. It's an well. accurate description. I, I think the thing about um, talking about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and the plan is that uh, I know the oldest trick in the book about making about football interviews, as you say, just bland things so that nothing comes out and no one can quote you on anything. Yeah. But the problem is with with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is when he came out, he doesn't. It doesn't seem like he's concealing a plan, like you say. It seems like he hasn't got a plan. And do you know the Dunning Kruger effect? And this is astonishing to think about it in the context of someone who's been a player like mm. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But this this thing where you don't know something and you're so unaware of your own knowledge that you think you know lots. Yeah, and it, it felt like that. Listening to his uh, his post match, actually, you're looking at me like that. When you're saying <laughs> that. <laughs> it felt like that listening to his post match because you yeah. know Jeff Shreves asked the right sort of questions. I was trying to be sympathetic but it's like where do we go oh, from listen, here listen I hate Jeff Shreves but I think he gave a good, he gave a, he gave he got a good interview out of social there because I think the most revealing um, thing he said I was just I hate Jeff Shreves probably a bit hard um, <laughs> uh, he, he, he got social to say something like I don't have the exact quote in front of me but something like this is all these players have got like it was the first kind of inkling that he was throwing the players under the bus a little bit because he felt so embarrassed and he said it was like the darkest day of his career and all the rest of it. But actually, that's not true. No. And, and and really, you know, I take Roy King's point that he made a number of months ago about how these players have chucked different managers under the bus. And you, and it's kind of a similar thing to how England were. It's not all they, these players, is it? No, well, one, it's not all these players. Two, Keane is obviously big mates with Solskjaer as well. And, and, and so these things have to be taken into account. My point is this. 
Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the figurehead and the leader of that group of players. He's in a leadership position. He has to get players who are otherwise very talented. Now, of course, there are flaws in the team. There's areas clearly available for, for improvement, even after all the money they've spent and all the players they've brought in. But he has to be able to get the best out of the players. And he's not able to do that. They can't apply themselves at any level on the pitch. And, and, and what Andy said earlier, just before you spoke, Kate, about how they can just get through games. Well, they can get through games because there's so football is such a story of the haves and have-nots in 2021 that yeah. really some of these That's players it. are operating at such a higher level than the players they're asked to play against, even within the same division, that it's not that hard for them a lot of the time. And people can't get their heads around that. If you're Manchester United and you've got these type of players in there, they're able to do it through combination of the, muscle the, memory the, and the, natural the level, the level of quality in that squad allows you to not play well and win most games. It's that, it's that simple. Because of the haves and have not situation within absolutely. the division. Absolutely. And, 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 absolutely. But if you go to this game itself, Liverpool were good. Right? Do, do I think they needed to be good? No, I don't. But they were pretty good. I okay? think they could have been better. But they, yeah. could have kept, they could have kept up the intensity and really embarrassed Manchester United. To yeah, I mean, the last 40 minutes. Come on, man. Yeah, it's exactly. Sunday. Want to be entertained. Exactly. But if you, if you look at a situation where, for some reason, they are, they are being coached all week... And you've got to put yourself in the mind of the football club. They're going to play against Liverpool. They've had a good, they've had a good uh, result for, off the back of a fairly poor performance midweek. They're going to be playing Liverpool. This is traditionally the biggest game probably for United, for Liverpool to come to town in the Premier League. What are they working on yeah. in those days? Because they're not pressing. Pressing's the big thing these days. Liverpool show you how to press because they do it all together at a trigger point at the same time and they all know their jobs and they've got players set up to do it. Okay, you've got a player. I think I think Klopp made a massive call uh, going into this game, putting Kanate in when, when mm. Matic's been decent, and Kanate's not played that much. No one talks about it because it worked because he knows what his job is because he probably worked on it during the week because Klopp's a high level coach. You go into a game as Man United with Ronaldo, Bruno Fernandez, and um, expect to press from the front and let everyone to follow you up when when the players behind him just aren't capable of it or don't have the positional discipline, you feel like you can't start Pogba because presumably because of that reason, then you bring Pogba on for Greenwood. <laughs> so you, bring, you you think the solution to this problem is less legs. I think it's insane. I, 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 decision, but, but is there a solution to, to the problem of being 4-0 down to Liverpool at Old Trafford well, at half-time? Do you know what I think? Good question. Here's my answer. <laughs> the solution is don't make it fucking worse. Don't make it worse. <laughs> You're losing 4-0 at home. Don't make it worse and it won't be as bad as it now is. Every decision he made exacerbated it more. I think in terms of uh, the substitution, I think uh, history proved me right. <laughs> well, quite. I, 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 don't, I, I don't actually, I, you know what, I don't actually blame Pogba. It was a poor decision in, in, a, in a stupid area of the pitch. But you know what, he's probably, he's got to be professional, of course, and he wasn't really that professional there. But he's disappointed to not be playing. He wants to play in these big games. I get that. He's got the ability to, to play well in those kind of games. And he probably wanted to stamp his authority down a little bit. He got a bit carried away. He has. But you're I being don't like that being... challenge, though. No, I mean, it's terrible. It's a dangerous it's, challenge. It's horrible. Okay, and, so, and, he's yeah. made, and he's made a couple in the past as well that he's got away with, by the way. Yeah. And, and, but, but, but I don't could... blame him necessarily because I don't think it was malice. You, you mean mentality wise? Yeah, I think you put your stamp, on, stamp down your authority in the game, try and get, grab the game with a scruff of the neck, which yeah. is what the Pop coach is criticised for not doing all the time. The coach is throwing him under the bus by bringing him on at 4 0 down. It's like making Ronaldo play the whole game. Why? <laughs> Why? Well, that's a big political problem for them. Big political problem. Oh my days! I just I, I know I'm laughing a lot, but it is a sort the, of laugh. The thing triggering performance. Yeah, it is. It is. That's the thing because I think because we're told all the time, both directly and subconsciously, by the fact that no one will ever criticise him that Solskjaer's the nicest bloke ever. Mm. He, he actually shows quite a lack of empathy and it's I think it's quite difficult to have empathy with him. I found a dead seagull in my backyard um about a week and a half ago. Mm. Did you was, kill it? No, is I didn't. Is that what the it segue was, is? It, it was a hawk what done it, it turns out. Right. Okay. Um I'm not to say who that hawk might be. It might be Antonio Conte. Let's uh, <laughs> let's wait and see. Yeah. But um as 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 I was like putting it away and um, doing doing the job and clearing up all the feathers and all, all the sort of thing. Yeah. Obviously, it's, 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 it's met quite no. Uh, it's, it's it's met it's met quite a a nasty end. And you're thinking this is really sad. And as I'm like picking it up, I'm thinking, actually, you probably nicked a load of people's chips in quite a violent <laughs> way. You probably didn't live a great life, did you? <laughs> so you... Soul Show is the is the seagull. Yeah, I in think that he is. in that metaphor. All right. Yeah. yeah. Who's the hawk then? Ed Woodward. No, Ed Woodward. No, the not. Glazers. 
Ole Gunnar Solskjaer said before the game that Manchester United had to go in on the front foot and it's the first time they had to con- they conceded five or more goals without reply since 1955. We should also, obviously, understandably, we're dwelling on, on the negatives here, but we should, you know, pay a bit of testament to, to Liverpool, which I think we have we have done generally, but Mo Salah was, was excellent. First opposition player to score a hat-trick at Old Trafford he was in amazing. the Premier League. He was. He's, he's, he's best player in the world ten at the moment. 10 from 10. Yeah, he's yeah. the best player in the world at the moment. It's incredible what he's doing. And, and I, 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 I just think it can be both those things. It can be Liverpool being great, and you're right to point out Salah for, for sure, but it can also be May United being bad. You see stuff, and Andy alluded to it as well. In fact, you both did. You know, you know there's nothing wrong with someone like Harry Maguire, who's an established international player, you know, saying to Fred or to McTominay in front of him, come in here for a bit, help me out, sit in here for a bit, because Firmino's dropping off and it's, it's ultimately their plans for it up front, but Firmino's dropping in and it's a little bit more complicated and, and Salah and, and, and Jota are exploiting these, these kind of spaces between us. I feel like Maguire and Lindelof always want to do the same thing. They don't, they don't really work that well together. They don't pull other people around to help them out. There's just no organisation United's best performances under Solskjaer, if you're going to be even-handed about it, have been when they sit in, they play on the break, and they hit you hard when they get the ball back. They don't play like that. I don't understand why they want to play like a team who thinks, we're going to look at Liverpool, and we're going to beat them at their own game. You're not. You can't. No. Stunning Kruger, mate. You've got to put that to yeah. one side. And I, th- I think, start, you know, if you're playing with Fernandes and Ronaldo... They're not, they're not going to get through enough work for you. I understand why he took Pogba out of the team because Freddie McTominay get through a lot of work. They can't do it on their own. It's, 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 it's embarrassing to watch at this level. Honestly, it's, it's hard to watch it if, you, if you're invested in the game. If you're a Man United fan, it's horrific. As Andy says, hideous. I thought it was quite cool how the fans, quite a lot of fans stayed. I don't think we'd have done that at Tottenham, to be honest. <laughs> I wouldn't have fucking done that. <laughs> yeah, no, get on with your life. Just live your life. Can, can, can I also say on the, on the, on the social thing, just very quickly, Look at the players they've brought in as well. I yes. heard, um, I can't remember now who said it, but the players they've brought in are, are players for now. But apparently Solskjaer isn't for now. So there's a disconnect there. Solskjaer was, a, was the right appointment, I feel, for post-Mourinho, as you guys have already said. I think that's right. And I think United and Arsenal are both going to struggle really badly for a, a bit more time. About no, none of the signings have, re- have really helped him. And you, you, look at, you look at Ronaldo, but you can't put Ronaldo and Sancho in the same team. I mean, is he the, just the, doing a Steve Bruce then? Is he just like, oh, yes, thank you for the signings, Master? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to, <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd go further with the Ronaldo thing. Ronaldo cannot, del- cannot play consistently for a top team now. He can't. He can't. Just he, he was, well, it, well, it has to be a more organised top team than Manchester United. I don't, that, even, that's, that's, I, that's I, I don't think even that, personally. I think if you want him to perform at a very, very high level in the really big crunch games that count, bearing in mind everyone's saying Solskjaer's gonna, got to win a trophy this season or whatever, and some people were saying that Ronaldo was the final piece in the puzzle <laughs> this season for the Bless. league title, these games are going to come up over and over again. They, United have got a tough run now. On the, on the, on the plus side, though, um, Portugal... Um, I think quite enjoying the fact that there are little signs of Ronaldo and Bruno Fernandes starting to really work together, which hasn't been the case for the national team. So they're basically workshopping it at Manchester yeah. United's and, expense. And look at Harry Maguire. <laughs> look at Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire looks great at international level. And international level's not top-end Premier League and it's not Champions League. And it never will be. Astonishingly enough, the ugliest scenes from Manchester United perspective came off the pitch because Paul Scholes was videoed biting his daughter's toenails. Yeah. I kind of thought it couldn't get any more horrific. That is horrific. That is horrific. I mean, I'm not a father. Is it definitely real? Yes, real, I think, yeah. It's Mm. real. It seems like a very... I mean, we didn't have our best man on it, checking it for (laughs) for your deep fakes, but I'm pretty sure it's real. I guess because you can't bite your own toenails, or can you? I think I I probably could. If you do yoga or Pilates, you probably can. I reckon I could, actually, come to think of it. But they're quite thick toenails. That's what I mean. It's hard to get through them. We've got tools now. We've got tools now. (laughs) I think what they should have done is exactly that moment when Gary Neville was about to explode on Sky Sports, <laughs> showed him Skulls doing that, because I think he wouldn't have been able to process it. <laughs> I think he would have handed his resignation in there and then. Bless his face. It's yeah. so, it was so dark. Yeah, um, it was really dark. He went to a dark place. He went to a dark place. <laughs> he did. Uh, Goodison Park was also a bit of a dark place, wasn't it? Another five goals conceded by a home side there. It's uh, Watford that won 5-2 in the end, despite being 2-1 down in the 78th minute. Uh, are these are Everton a sort of pound shop Manchester United? <laughs> That's a horrendous thing to say. Spending isn't it? all the money 
and still not really having a plan. Well, the thing is, though, you look at the team that Everton put out at the weekend, and I'm not saying Rafa Benitez is faultless, but you look at that team, and that team is the upshot of what the club has done over the past four or five years, mm. which is spent wildly, and he is left sorting it out. You know, it's a team of like good players, but like odds and scraps. That's I realise they, they have they a are few missing out recently. A lot of people, including yeah, Dominic they, they do, they do. And, that, and that, that that is a, that is a big deal. But yeah, it was a very DIY lineup, wasn't it? But I also think it's hard for Rafa. I mean, because listen, I like Rafa, but he's obviously going to try and take the, the high ground whenever he can, and, the, and he, he loves to, to do all that kind of stuff. And therefore, very hard for him to take the moral high ground when he's actively pursued and signed uh, Salomon Rondon, and he's continuing to play him up front, starting him up front. To me, that feels like a bit of a weird thing to do. Um, I and fa- yet, Rondon could not be implicated for any of what went wrong no, in the last 12 minutes. That's fair, and I, I think... That's why it becomes. That's where it becomes more interesting because you, you look at how Watford were blitzed by Liverpool last time out. Fine, that can happen. Liverpool are a good team, but I've always tried to say on this show that if you get out of the, a game against Liverpool with a defeat, that's kind of okay because of who they are. You don't want to be spanked. And Watford were lost that five 0 It could have been worse. Mm. Now, as we've seen, there are better teams than Watford who lose five 0 to Liverpool. So fine, but it's, you'd expect with the with the new broom coming in and doing absolutely no sweeping up, how they're going to approach this game because Everton is a difficult place to go. Of course, it can be a difficult place for Everton too if things don't go their way. But I see Rafa Benitez as a manager, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, you guys. But I find it feel like he's a guy who's really good at targeting games so he doesn't get too upset or, or any 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 and he imbibes in his team the idea that actually if you lose to man city that's okay we'll just move on because next time we've got for example watford at home and we'll win that because he's great at targeting individual games you used to do it at newcastle all the time they never used to get hammered they, and they never used to really not target these 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 games that were very winnable here I just, it's very hard to see what went wrong other than joshua king just had an absolute worldy and everything he touched went in, which I guess, again, can happen. Hat-trick for Joshua King. I yeah. really enjoyed Did you... I think I'm right in saying he didn't really celebrate because obviously he signed for Watford from Everton in the summer and he didn't really celebrate the Until first the bit where he took his shirt off. <laughs> the second one. And he slides shirt yeah, off. Yeah. Sure, forget I've about it. i my respect. Now I'm here to have a good time. <laughs> And then the yeah. third one skipping about yeah. the place. It's quite oh. quite a golf, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> I've gone over to I've, I've arrived at the party, I've gone over to my ex-partner, I've asked them how they're doing. That's all fine. Now we're into it. <laughs> I'll take the box. This is how much respect I owe you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not getting an iota more of than that. Yeah. You're not getting less, but you're not getting more either. Oh man, we've talked already a lot about defending, but defending which seems to be a thing that doesn't happen in the Premier League at the moment. Was more than respectful. Was more than respectful. <laughs> to, yeah, to the I'd say generous. Yeah. yeah. Defending for the third for his third was was just terrible, Godfrey Keane. Whoever, I can't remember who else it was in that little triumvirate of terror. Yeah, I mean, the the, the last, the hat-trick goal for Josh King, I mean, it, it was a nice drag back, mm. but they had so many opportunities to get it away. It's kind of like when you're like, playing a game with a four-year-old and you want to give them a chance to win. And, you know, you, you, you sort of go... Are you listening, have a, Dad? Have another go. Have another go. Have as another you, go. See if you do that to go your on. kids. <laughs> you're absolutely ruthless. <laughs> Monopoly's uh, look. M- Monopoly's an adult's game. Yeah, <laughs> I need to you, learn. Do you do you not? So you you mentioned that Everton earlier, Andy. You talked about them being a bit of a mishmash. I, I kind of look at that team they started with, and I think you'd think at home they would possibly have enough. Should have enough to get past Everton. Uh, get past Watford though, right? Yeah, they should have done. And if you got to seventy eight minutes, they would have done as well. <laughs> mm. I mean, you can't. I don't think you can legislate for that defending. All I would argue is there have to be limited. I think expectations for this team. Yeah, they they should expect expect to beat Watford at home, and yeah, it's a terrible result, and that th- they were awful in the in, in the closing stage of that. And I don't think you can legislate for a, a collapse like that. We saw a few interesting collapses over Europe this weekend, and that was that was probably the biggest one. But uh, yeah, I, I'm saying just because they were excellent at Old Trafford a couple of weeks ago, I don't think we should expect too much of Everton. Mm. I think they really miss Jerry Mina as well. On the just to wrap that whole and De, subject, Decore as well. I mean, yeah, they, those are big misses. If you look at United's record at home, though, I mean, my God, this, they're only one step away from like actual flowers and daisies growing up the pitch for people to be able to pick them when they have a lovely time turning up there. <laughs> you know, put a blanket out, have a picnic. You know, that's what the pitch should be. It's so inviting. It's like a fucking meadow. It's not a pitch. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> on that moment of reverie, I think this is a perfect 
let's let's break and you can just go and sit in the meadow of Luke Moore's making, shall we? <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Detective Aberline. Hearing you, Aberline. Go ahead. We've got the body of a male on Derwood Street, Whitechapel, just behind the tube, a Mark Allen Nichols. His throat has been cut, a stab wound below his shoulder blade, and, uh... Continue, please, detective. Yeah, she's, uh, she's cut off his knob and put his bollocks in the recycling bins. Stack presents a thrilling new audio fiction. She cut his throat, unbollocked the guy and decocked him for good measure. The body of a man brutally murdered in Whitechapel was discovered this morning. That was Jackie's way. Evil, bloodthirsty, sexually explicit, and just, yeah, just bloody horrible, really. Step into the scene. Me, yours truly, moi, that's, uh, me, detect, lead detective, Freddie Abeline of Scotland Yard. There is a man next to us who has been brutally murdered and dismembered. We'll go and find his member then. Jesus Christ. Oh, but we've kept his AirPods in, I see. What's he listening to? Death metal? Zombie nation? Follow me as I hunt the most vicious serial killer known to man. Good Lord, she stuffed his eye sockets with his own bollocks. (laughs) Jackie the Ripper. The infamous Whitechapel murders retold. By the makers of The Offensive. Available now on all podcast platforms. Sorry, Sally, I got your shoes. Ah, oh, it's my wagamama from earlier. Let's have a closer look. Looks like noodles. Nope, him. Jackie the Ripper. Hold on to your bollocks. I'm quite a placid guy. welcome back to the football ramble with me andy and luke here today on this this monday this glorious monday full of girls and we are going to tell you about some of them as we look back on how we got on in betways four to score everybody you seem bloody excited for some reason on this one mate yeah i feel i feel good tell us more now it's in the past (laughs) (laughs) uh entries to betways four to score is free each week pick the first goal scorer in the four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game that the T's and C's apply. This is exactly what we did. And our first game was Brighton against Manchester City. It was my pick, everybody. And I picked Ilkay Gundogan. And Luke Moore said, I don't know if he'll start, actually. I don't think he'll start. Start he did. Yeah. Score first he um, did. Can I just say that he scored, for those of you who are interested in this kind of thing and how 
nervous Kate was being the first up for for to score last week. Ilkay Gondogan scored his um, the opening goal for Man City against Brighton at three thirteen p.m. Uh, in the same minute, Kate Mason messaged me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she had already pre-typed the message. Professional. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> game two. So we were off to a roaring start. Game two was Brentford against Leicester City. Oh, that was Pete, not me. Go for that. Oh, Pete, yeah. yeah. Pete picked Brian and Buemo and the result was Yuri Tielemans. Game three, West Ham versus Spurs. Fisher's pick was Jared Bowen after a lot of backwards and forwards. The result was Mikel Antonio. He was I'm close to picking him. frustrated about yeah. that. Manchester United versus Liverpool. Luke... I think legitimately, it can be said, picked Mo Salah, but he didn't get on the score sheet until their third. I think it'd be a dereliction of duty in that situation to not pick Mo Salah. It's fair. I mean, it's, it's, you're looking at, I would have got pelters all weekend if I picked Naby Keita. I didn't even know he was going to play. <laughs> Naby Keita, it was though. We'll be back for another round of four to score on the preview show this Friday. Now let's get to some emails. <laughs> Emails, yes, Josh Osborne. Hello to you, Josh. Our friend Josh has been in touch. He says, I thought I saw Andy in Brighton, but then saw on Instagram that he was actually at St. James's Park at the same time. Now I understand why he looked at me like I was mental when I <laughs> shouted, Andy Brassel, you're a fucking legend, at him from across the street. I think it's still <laughs> legit, though, isn't it? And I think people should be encouraged to go around shouting at random men that, that Andy Brassel's a legend. Yeah. I mean, it turns out... The point when, stands. Yeah. It, it turns out when people shout at you in the street it only takes like four hours to get back to Newcastle yeah so, right. Uh, yeah exactly it's fine yeah exactly have you had do you have many people calling you a fucking legend in public not normally no no fair enough what do people normally shout at you for Sean Derry I thought you were great for QPR <laughs> is that what they say you're not allowed to park in that bay <laughs> yeah do they uh, we've got one from uh, Joshua Yuvara. It says, long-time listener, occasional emailer. Mm. I just finished Ted Lasso season two. Without spoiling it, Jose Mourinho gets more than one indirect reference. As a thought experiment, which American sport would make the best focus for comedy in which Jose is hired to coach but knows nothing about the sport? I don't think he'd ever admit that he knew nothing about anything. No, that's that's very true. Yeah. I can see why we've dealt this one across the brass. Are you thinking NBA? Oh, he's, he's the ultimate trash talker. Yeah. Absolutely. Is, is, is NBA, I don't know anything about it. I quite enjoy watching it, but I know nothing about it. Is it quite a technical, detail-driven sport? Not not to the same extent as NFL. NFL. Yeah. No. Because I think, I think Mourinho... I mean, some unfair people, not me, would say in 2021, he currently is managing in a sport he doesn't know an awful lot about. But it, <laughs> NFL, NFL, you've got a really big team. So I think, and, and it's very detail driven, I think Guardiola is more of your NFL man. Mm. Yeah. I think. And Mourinho sounds like he'd be. I can just see Mourinho. He likes to pretend there's more detail in his methods. Doesn't I think he? that's why Guardiola took his sabbatical and it's just he's keeping it under wraps until he Could finally be. retires. Could Ooh, be. And I, but can you imagine Guardiola, given the quarterback can actually has got an earpiece? <laughs> We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Terrible. But I can see Mourinho walking up, like, like prowling up and down the oh, courtside yes. and also looking really small because of how big the player is. I think that would be, be a sight to behold. But the thing about it, it isn't, aren't I right, Brass, in saying that in the NBA, it's just so much easier for like, if you abuse a ref, you're, you're, you're out, like you're done. It's so different to the culture in, in soccer that you don't, you know, you can give them a bit of abuse. Because obviously, M- Mourinho got sent off this weekend, didn't he? Yeah. And, but, but yeah, if, him, if he was... him and Spalletti. Him yeah. and Spalletti. Which is my, my favourite new bromance in Italian football. <laughs> when, when I heard that the him and Spalletti got, both got sent off in a nil-nil between um, Roma and... Uh, Napoli. 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 Sorry, thank you. Um, it, I kind of felt like, I didn't actually see it, it felt like I, I was imagining two older men getting in a dispute in a car park over a car park. But it wasn't in the same incident. Two okay, bald men. So it, 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 did, it, did, it did feel that Spalletti's one at the end, he was just thinking, oh, make head start, you know, and get and get yeah. started on yeah. that bottle of red. <laughs> he got stuff, got stuff to do. Back That's in his office. That's actually quite a canny move and you know. a development on the Christmas thing. Yeah. Do you, so, but yeah, to return to the original point, he would be out quite often, wouldn't he? If he was an NBA coach. Uh, yeah, I mean, they do like dialogue. There's a lot of dialogue with the referees. And he, he loves dialogue, so I'm sure he'd be in his element, really, wouldn't okay. he? Okay. You should get him to give it a go. We're not going for ice hockey, then, and all the fighting. He'd get battered. Yeah, yeah. absolutely battered. 
They're just all really hard hockey players. Can you do as a knee slide along the ice of ice hockey? Do you think? Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, you could. They slide around all the time. You wouldn't. Would that In your be all 50s, right? And suit though. trousers. Ooh. Oh no, would you, it would get stuck, wouldn't it? I can't figure out how the ice would work. If you're players, you could probably get away with it. I don't think you could do it if you just. I'm imagining Mourinho yeah. in yeah. that setting. Okay. All right, fair enough. I think we settled on the NBA. So I hope we've answered, answered your question, John. We've probably given more to that than we gave to the fucking Man United game. <laughs> Thanks for that, John. If anything, anything similar, I guess you want to email in for Pep Talks, which is on uh, Wednesday, Shirt Football Ramble, or tweet us, shirtfootballramble.com, my yeah. apologies, or tweet us at Football Ramble. Now we're getting on to Chelsea 7, Norwich nil. Looks like Chelsea, Andy, coped without Romelu Lukaku and Timo Werner. Just fine. They did. I've I've a strong feeling that we're going to get some mail saying, "Well, you didn't give Norwich as much of a kicking as you gave us." <laughs> and spoiler alert: we're not going to give Norwich as much as a kick of a kicking as we did Manchester United. I might. Um, okay, then fair enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I judge that, Luke. I, I I feel like um, this is only the second time I've seen Norwich play this season, so take you know take that uh, take what you want from that. I just think they're fucking abysmal. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't get around. I can't find any sympathy for it whatsoever. I, I just can't. I, I, I think that the manager should be should be gone. And I know it's fashionable these days not to say that a really powerful man who's a, probably a multi-millionaire shouldn't lose his job for not being good enough at his job. But I am going to say that because standards need to be met. And I think it's. I personally think it's a bit embarrassing. Well, Daniel Fargo says that his players were slow in the head, Luke. So maybe it's not his fault at all. Well, mate, well, uh, the first bit is possibly true, given what I saw, but the second bit is is not true. Uh, what I can't get my head around, and someone can maybe help me out with this, they played, they were really good last season, Norwich, by playing one up front and playing a five midfield. And for some reason, they're persisting with playing two up front here away at Stamford Bridge. It's insane. It's absolutely and, insane. And, and Josh Sargent, well, he, he, he shouldn't even be in the team, quite frankly. Yeah. I, I mean, he has been... Like what I expected him to be so yeah. far. Um, I had my doubts whether he was good enough for Werder Bremen, um, to, to, to be honest. And um, yeah, Pukki does what he does. And I, I think he's, he's he's worth keeping in the team. But I, I don't think we should get out of hand on this because mm. it was it was a really poor performance against a team that they were never going to beat in, in, in the first place. I do think with Norwich, yeah, certainly Farker deserves examination for this. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I have to say, some of the reactions to Norwich this season, as, as we said in the Ramble a couple of weeks ago, have just been totally over the top. You look at where they've done their, their shopping and the players they've got. Mm. Those are players that, if those were players in form, they wouldn't have been able to get them. It's going to take time. And the last couple of results had been pretty good. But I, I kind of like the way that Farker after this just said, Let's compartmentalize it, you know. We just, we just we just got hammered at Chelsea, and and I do let's, see let's, that. Let's let's get over it. And it's, I mean, in in one sense, it's it's kind of quite a bad message to send to the players. Yes, but on mm. the other hand, it is actually reality. That's true, but there's a difference between you're right, and not dissimilar to what we were saying about Rafa Benitez. You got to you got to mark out your games, and, yeah. and you know the one to target is well, prob- definitely if you're Norwich. It's yeah. probably not Chelsea away. Yeah. Um, but on that note, I still don't think that if you're creating the kind of mentality where they can put seven goals past you mm. and you just, you know, you talk about the body language, you talk about the way that they set up. I I don't think that that's a good message I to be that, sending whatever, wherever you're going to be and yeah. however many losses you expect I, to I contend with. That does that does come back to the coach, doesn't it? Because the, I, I think the... the, the can't be like, the, they're better than us, be, give up. You yeah. know? I think that more can be got out of this squad. And I think, whereas you don't want to examine Farker just on this one game, I, I never felt like he transmitted the belief to this team that they could do anything in this. And it was just, that's, yeah. that's it was just what, over in the blink of an eye. But, that, but then you're saying, you're starting off your points by saying that like, I'm, I'm going over the top about how bad they are when you just need to be a bit more kind of um, balanced about people. it. Yeah, but you <laughs> I was included in that. I just called them fucking abysmal. So I keep myself in that. But, you, yeah. but, you, but all the justification you're saying for it is actually points towards what I'm saying. Which is that, you know, let me put it another way. Norwich just scored two goals this season, okay? They've mm. won no games. Mm. Okay? The, the only points they've got are two nil-nils against um, Brighton and Burnley, I think. Yeah. Um, other teams who've come up to the Premier League recently have been able to, to find a way, have been able to not only survive, but actually mm. flourish. And the thing in Leeds and Brentford in that. So it can be done. This is the second time Daniel Farkas had a chance at this, mm. okay? 
And I'm telling you now, he's not even getting close to making it tough for other teams. Okay, so they can they can they can occasionally get a draw. That's what that's what we're saying about this team. With nine games in, they can occasionally get a draw. It's not good enough, no matter what players you put out, to be as passive and as unengaged and as not not lazy because that sounds a little bit overcritical, but as laissez-faire, as, as reactive, as, as like, frightened. Yeah, letting the mm. letting the game just happen to you. Like you've already decided when you step out on the pitch. Well, we've got no chance here. And if that is the case, and it is the case, because we all watch the game, that's got to, that's got to rest on the manager. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not saying I don't think he should have a job anymore because I, I'll take any pleasure in saying that someone should lose their job. But it's not that. What I'm saying is he's clearly not up to it. So who is this fair on? Is it fair on him? Is it fair on the players? Mm. Uh, is it fair on the fans who pay to go and watch? It's not fair on anyone. I think it's it's a massive backward step after a couple of positive results. But yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think it has to be looked at. To be to put it in context, though, they're just the third side in Premier League history to have scored only two goals in their opening nine games, and it's only been nine games, and they just look like nailed on. But they're done. Relegation for, for what is for what is worth, uh, winless after eleven games is uh, good enough for third bottom, which is not an automatic relegation spot in France. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it could be worse. So what you're gone. suggesting? Get a job in France, then, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, or Norwich should perhaps go and play in Ligue 1. What a great idea! So their last nineteen Premier League games, of course, spanning two different seasons, yeah. lost seventeen, drawn two, scored. Three conceded forty six. Yeah, and, and and I think the the ownership of the club. I don't know if they did do this, but they could be they're well within their rights to say when the, when the new seat well when they achieved promotion ahead of ahead of the new season. Sit down with him. Okay, last time we did this, it went to shit. So what we got? What we're going to do different this time? And it seems what they're going to do different this time is play an extra striker, leaving them far more exposed, and um, persist in a way of playing which gives you absolutely no chance of winning any game. And if that extra striker is going to miss all the chances you should create. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's not, it's oh, not no. the best, is it? Chelsea are a good team. Shouldn't the, laugh, Chelsea, yeah. Of course they are. The Chelsea yeah. are the European champions. It's not easy, but you're not making it easy for yourself. At least dig in. You know, dig in a bit. They found themselves in a situation where the game was done See, what after I'm, 20 minutes. What I'm taking from that, yeah. Luke, is that you think um, Ben Chilwell's goal-scoring record shouldn't even count. I think no, I think he deserves great credit for bouncing back and scoring four games in a row. That's amazing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Good day for Masons also. Mason Mount uh, bagging a hat. Nice to have a Mason in there. Uh, that's quite right. Yeah. Ending a 25 game, 25 yeah. game goal, a drought. I think he shouted about fucking time. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was great. It was my favourite celebration of the weekend. Yeah. He's like he was like properly pissed off with himself that it had taken him so long. Yeah. Um, unsurprising, in unsurprising news of the week, Thomas Tuchel says it's easier to manage Lukaku than Neymar and Kylian Mbappe, where he felt like a minister of support. Of sport, I was going to say support, but I think sport was was what it was in the end. Um, I don't know if you saw Timo Werner getting a bit of uh, yeah. He was handed two wine gums. I didn't really understand. That's, under- that's pretty standard though, right? Because I think um, the, my, I'm basing this on the fact that um, they're really good for quick release of energy. He Can wasn't we, pla- He was just waiting. He was just just getting involved. The others were having them because that reason. He so was you, you were either. thinking you he were couldn't thinking... choose between the two, and then he went for none. You were, you were thinking that? it was. You were looking at me. Like terrible choice. Rio Ferdinand <laughs> being given jelly beans, where actually it was like uh, Cisco being given fish and chips at that reserve game at Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, we well, yeah. don't know. Rio Ferdinand once got given a whole handful of Jaffa cakes during the game. How many can you fit in a hand? He had like about four in his hand, that, and he was shoving. I reckon them down. you could fit more than more Jaffa cakes than that in your hand. When you do, when you do, um, when you do a, um, a I reckon l- nine. <laughs> I reckon nine or Not ten. In your hand. Tiny. I reckon Donald Trump over there. <laughs> <laughs> Am I joking? Because uh, Vish used to say you have massive hands. Um, when you're doing a final straight run in, a, in an organised... So they did the Great South Run and they, they obviously have water tables for you to have, take bottles of water. On the final mile, they give you jelly babies. Huh. So it's a similar type vibe is what I'm saying. I, I, I was mistaken because I th- obviously completely forgot Werner wasn't even did part of the squad. Did you shit No, I didn't. Thank you, Kate. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, that's, not, that's not happened for ooh, a couple of weeks now. So That's part of it, though. That wasn't just a dig to leak. That's... On some of these long ones, yeah, people have to evacuate their bowels. They do. Manchester City didn't, though, for <laughs> one at Brighton. Gundogan, the first goal scorer, just in case anyone <coughs> missed that. Phil Foden also got a couple. Um, interesting one. This is this classic, like, oh, Brighton fans are lucky to watch Brighton, Luke, are they? Um, well, uh, you know, I think Brighton seem like a team who have a plan 
and fine, they're going to get beaten at home by a really good team in the shape of Man City. But they have a plan. You, you can't lay into Brighton for the way they've started the season. The first first half, the way that Manchester City played, you can't deal with that. No. What what can you? Do? What could they have done differently? Yeah, and I, th- I think maybe. Do you think I'll come across as hypocritical then if I say that about Brighton, but I don't say that about Norwich? I think yeah, you Bright- do. Yeah. Do, do no, I but it's it's, it's, out. You just want me it's the manner, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. As as I much as anything. So. And, and, and in many ways, this kind of encompasses what we've talked about already on the show today, which is that, you know, targeting certain games, playing in a certain style. A lot of top managers now, they talk about consistency of performance, don't they? Because they think mm. if we play in the way that we've designed to play, we think that's the best way to play for the players we've got, we will eventually pick up results. So I think Graham Potter would have got a huge amount of criticism if he had changed to a five at the back and and kept it really tight, whatever the head it would be, to try and squeeze out a nil-nil, because you, you can see the goal in the first minute and you're in big trouble. I think Brighton aren't as good as Man City. Man City are much better. And that's just how it goes. What I did like about the game is that Guardiola, who, by the way, is getting to the point now where he needs to be stopped, because <laughs> he called over a steward before the game and sat with him for a while and started chatting to him. How now, we all know what he was talking about. He wasn't asking him what the, best, what the best places for dinner were. If you were Nathan Redmond, you'd be like... I thought I was special. My phone hasn't rung for months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing is, per Claudio Ranieri, there wouldn't um, Guardiola's side wouldn't get a dinner because uh, Ranieri says that dinner only comes with a clean sheet. Yeah, so they wouldn't have got one. Brighton, uh, Man City, no, sorry, Man City yeah, wouldn't yeah. have well, got Brighton, one. Brighton certainly wouldn't have got one. No, but dinner if you were playing for Leicester under Ranieri, it was only pizza. I mean, it was. Who cares? All right, snob. Yeah, what's wrong with pizza? Well, Come you know, on, for for a Premier League winner, I'm expecting oh, a little more. I used to live in Gold Leon. steak. I used to live in Lyon, which is one of the world's culinary capitals. <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> Never said that when Horncastle was on the show. Oh, oh I love pizza, James. That's what you I used to couldn't say. get a word in with all the cheese chat. And tiramisu, whatever. Yeah. Uh, on, since we're on Leicester, James Madison scored, scored his first goal since February in that win mm. against Brentford's. But you can match Michael Antonio's matrix. And I'm sure I'm, I would have done the shushing celebration after so long without a goal. Personally. I don't really get the shushing I like the shushing celebration. Yeah, nah. it's like, Fuck you, critics. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, but it's a bit on the nose, isn't it? Isn't it silence, I'm enjoying a moment? Oh. Maybe, it could be either. It could be both. Maybe I'm looking at this from a too zen perspective. This is why people listen to the rambles (laughs) get really strong, different perspectives on things. You mentioned Michael Antonio's Matrix celebration. Mm. I actually think that was a PUBG celebration. I don't know what you're saying. We haven't got time for this now. It's, it's (laughs) It's a battle royale game where you can do certain... Dances, victory dances. Oh, because you're a gamer, yeah. Not really. I'm friends with Pete, so I'm kind of part gamer. Got it. And in that in that um, game, you can do exactly what Antonio did. Ah, okay. So I think it might be that he's been playing PUBG. I feel like at one point we were talking about <laughs> Brighton Man City, but yeah. it seems like that's that slipped God. away from but, us. Phil Foden was very good. He played through the middle and he, scored and assisted. He was. Scored two, assisted one. He's excellent, but that's quite dull. Um, going back to what you were up, <laughs> because I wanted to ask you about James Madison, because you were very concerned with him looking at all the billboard ads he was doing he looked upset he looked a little bit sad you said he didn't have enough interests he's now scored again can we get an update on how you think he's getting on do you well because the question is because people always say about you know like this bullshit thing about Marcus Rashford's got too many interests and well, we his, talk- his own manager said that the other day yeah, that yeah. was all good yeah. um, especially given that Solskjaer's main thing is supposed to be that he's such a good man manager and nothing yeah. else uh, yeah so Madison didn't have enough interests yeah. Or didn't have enough hobbies or didn't have enough mates. I can't remember. But clearly an interest is posing for Boohoo Man or whatever. Yeah. So maybe it was so that sad. that maybe it was that that pushed him back Does he into sad, isn't he? Trying to look serious. I think he's trying to look like a model. Yeah. Oh, you see, now you know people write sort of funny speech bubbles like coming out of their mouth on the on the ads on the tube. I feel I'm gonna have to write, you know, I'm a strong man, I'm not sad. There's one in there's one in hybrid, isn't one it? Is. So you could do it there. Yeah, I, I'm thinking take of doing a Sharpie that. from the other office. You can take it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I've misread that. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Um before we go, just say farewell from Cardiff to Mick McCarthy. He was yeah. given the boot on Saturday, minutes after their eighth consecutive loss. Yeah. 2-0 defeat at the hands of Middlesbrough. I mean, you, you obviously won't catch me calling for managers to lose their jobs. Except um, about 20 minutes ago. Yeah, that's the joke. Well done. Uh, <laughs> tell her later, Andy. Um, so, obviously, I'm very disappointed by this. Good joke, Luke. Yeah, I think, I think every manager <laughs> should be able to stay on the job as long as he or she wants. So, I think it should be all entirely up to them. Oh, I it's see. It's always an absolute yeah. tragedy 
when a manager who is clearly way out of touch and can't do his job very well and loses eight games in a row loses his job. I think with Mick, what you would do is you would wait until he went on one of his nights out and then you'd just like change the locks, wouldn't you? I, I, you know, I, I remember I was, I was coming home on the train from central London when I... It's going to make him angrier London. though, isn't it? And he was, he was wearing very much sort of, you know shirt and shoes of man of a certain age going out <laughs> as he was making his way back to Kent. Yeah. Do you know what? Because obviously they lost 2-0 to Middlesbrough. Right? Yes. Neil Warnock's side. Exactly. I, I, to me, this was a bit like one of those epic Hollywood movies where at the end, Neil Warnock issues the coup de grace to, to Mick McCarthy and Mick, before he, he dies in the film, says to Neil, I'm glad it was you. You know, we've been brothers in arms for a very long time. I don't think you should be mentioning films. Sean Bean's around, next role. <laughs> yeah, around, exactly. Around Neil Warnock. Sean Bean's got the great, the best accent, excellent accent for it as yeah, well. Yeah, and that's I think the one. If Neil was to administer one of his bum-bagged, held, signed photos in the post-match for, for Mick as Mick lost his job, I think that'd be poetic. Do you reckon he had a load of P45s in his bum-bag? <laughs> He said yeah. if Mick McCarthy's side could get a win against him in that game, that would be a real turning point. And as, it, and as it turned out, <laughs> it was a turning point yeah. of sorts. Yeah. All right. Poor old Mick, unlucky. Bad luck, Mick McCarthy. Um, but yeah, they've only had, what was it, one goal in that whole run. They also got battered by Swansea in that run, which is never that, a good Yeah, Swansea. Russell Martin, he's doing yeah. a good job there. Mm. Like, lovely to see. Um, right, before we go, I am going to plug a book club episode. Uh, even though I don't really want to. There's more to get stuck into on Football Ramble Presents today. Uh, we spoke, Jim and I spoke to Olivier Giroud. Uh, he gave us a great insight into his background, the importance he hangs on appreciate the, appreciating the finer things in life, including, yes, the football wine ramble? and the Football Ramble yeah. and people empathising with him. Get yeah. over to Football Ramble Presents. That. I can't wait to listen. I've heard snippets. I've bloody enjoyed them. I cannot wait to listen to the whole thing. I've actually also got um, your guys at the match saved up, which I haven't oh, got through yeah. yet. We had a laugh. Uh, yeah, mm, so it's also available on Football Ramble Presents as well. You two going to an England game. Couldn't get Brass to get his face tattooed with an England flag, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah, face paint on. Pretty close. I'll keep, I'll keep working on it. Yeah, Olivier Giroud was great, actually, guys. And he was very on time. Which I feel like... To be respected. Sh- yeah, should That's be respected. Nice. He was extremely on time. He did... He, put his headphones in he did all the things that yeah. quite often are difficult to make footballers do um, I was once at Arsenal doing a press thing and um, Alexis Sanchez was really late and he left a no joke he left behind a note which on the note said Alexis please be on time for this today <laughs> <laughs> signed by the press office or something yeah <laughs> yeah, give Olivier a listen on Football Ramble Presents and that's it from us today on tomorrow's show I'm back and he's back uh, Luke's off somewhere more fun. Jim's here. Subbing me out for Jim. Yeah, Enjoy interesting. It. How's the dynamic going to change? Well, dear listeners, Tune to find out. Yeah. you'll find out. Say goodbye, Luke Moore. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Andy Russell. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. 